When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 292. We got two titles on the line. Aljamain, still the disrespected, underrated champ. Sterling, take it on the overhyped to all fuck Sugar Sean O'Malley. Second title fight, Wei Li Zhang taking on Amanda Lemos. I'm actually really excited for that fight. Uh, two good ones. I'm I am sniper. Joined as always by Chris up there in the top left and filling in for Sun Tzu, my guy over on the top right. It is Monk. It is a DFS Army takeover. I'm plugging our shit. Rotowire, great. We love you guys, but we got two DFS Army analysts here. We're basically we're taking over Rotowire. We're coming. It's like the I WCW am... and the WWE back in the day. Oh. Who's gonna come out on top? God, we're da- just you just dated both of us with how excited I got <laughs> by that reference. Got really old in here real quick. Chris, you ready for this card? You ready to, to throw your hot takes not at Joe, who's up at Boston? I, by the way? I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited um, to not. Well, I was gonna say not get yelled at, but that's not true. You do your fair share of, of chiding me when I, when I have my, my Don't say anything take. stupid. Although, see, well, see, I, I can't make any promises, but you're gonna ruin our whole. So you're gonna ruin our whole dynamic. So definitely, I mean, obviously, if you're watching Rotowire, continue to do that. But check over at DFS Army because Monk and I have already done a similar podcast with with with, with Geek, and I know we're going to argue once because we did last night, and we're going to go right back to it. So it's round two of that. Oh, I can't wait. There you go. I ain't heard no bell. <laughs> I'm just throwing out forty year old references all night. Yeah. Let's go. I do it. Do it. Cut me, Chris. Cut me. <laughs> Rosebud. Oh, All no, right, let's, let's just let's jump right into our 12-fight card. Unfortunately, and Mish, actually, you know, fortunately, some shows we start top-bottom, and, and, you know, I was like, let's go right to the main event. Let's not honey-dick people. But, you know, Fight IQ, we're going to make you guys work for it. We're going to make you wait. Those of you who are in the YouTube, by the way, watching live, I know we're a little bit later tonight, but drop any comments. We'll address them throughout the show. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, YouTube, Rotowire MMA, all your podcast platforms, all of that good shit and if you watch live when we do these for pay-per-views you get to ask us questions and usually make fun of joe's pronunciations but he's not here this week that being said let's go ahead and let's dive in to marina morose plus 107 dog against karini silva at minus 127 uh the DraftKings salaries karini silva is 8300 marina morose is 7900 uh, I like Karini Silva more than I probably should this week, but it's it's an interesting – it's kind of – it's prospect against veteran and in terms of UFC. And it's funny because they're only two years apart. And, Chris, are you going to pick Marina Morose? Just give me a quick yes or no. I am not. See, anybody picking uh, Marina Morose, you have to reference that, that she beat Karini Silva eight years ago because it's super relevant when they were 20 years old and 22 years old. I'm also on Karina Silva, just more improvement. But it's going to be 
a fun fight. I know Monk loves these 125-pound women just statistically. So a lot to dig into here. I'm on Karini Silva. We'll start with the guest, Monk. Who you got first? You know, I, I agree. I just had to figure out if I was muted or not. I, I agree. Uh, I like Silva a little bit better. Um, Rose, like you said, the vet here. I would not be surprised if she gave out, you know, a vet lesson in the form of a split or decision, you know, 29-28 decision. Yeah, yeah. But even if that happens, she only scores 81 points per win overall uh, across her six wins so far. Her takedown defense is 47%. Uh, she allows more than one per 15 minutes. Um, she is throwing subs up when she does uh, get takedowns landed. So we do like to see that. Um, and she's super tough, man. I, I have a lot of respect for Marina Moroz, but I just don't know. We're really going to see where Silva is at, and that's what I'm most excited for. She's dominated inside the distance so far. Guys, she's controlled 100% of the grappling. She has not given up one single second of grappling time, of control time uh, inside the distance, which is crazy, even if she's only fought for like six and a half minutes. So I'm leaning Silva. I think this is a, a good fight for I think it's a decent fight for cash either way. 83 and 7,900. It's the cheapest favorite and the most expensive dog. So um, I just wouldn't fade it too hard, but I think I'm leaning Silva. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I think Monk hit all the uh, the relevant notes uh, the, about the scoring, especially like, like even if you wanted to hit Rosier, even if you wanted to fade, although I wouldn't really call it a fade. It's only 8,300. But maybe uh, Silva's going to be a bit more popular in that respect. So if you want to go on Moroz, but she just doesn't score. And she's so upright in her posture that I think the takedowns are going to come a little easier. Silva is very aggressive. Um, that I mean, again, as you said, small sample size, but um, 4.53 in those subs per minute. And I think that's, what, four in three fights is what that equates to, uh, two ending in the first round. So we know how aggressive she is. Um, trying to get to those submissions. I don't think Morose has ever been submitted. I didn't even see their first fight eight years ago. It doesn't matter to me. I think that um, Morose can get whirlwind on the feet. We've seen that before with high-volume strikers. We saw it against Angela Hill. We saw it against um, oh Jennifer Maya. I think this could be the grappling version of that where uh, Karina Silva just sort of is aggressive and goes hard. Uh, for 15 minutes or as long as the fight lasts and Moroz just can't handle it. So I'm going to go ahead and take Silva here. All right, next fight up. I'm going to go ahead and channel my, my Rocky three here. Ding, ding. Natalia Silva, minus 300, taking on Andrea Lee at plus 250. DraftKings salary, Silva, 9,400. Andrea Lee, 6,800. To me, this comes down to, are you a believer in Natalia Silva? I am. I think she's legit. I know her strength of schedule isn't great. I don't rate Andrea Lee that highly. She's been around a long time. I think as long as Silva doesn't get head and arm thrown, I, I, I just don't. Maybe Lee's a better striker, but it's not. You know, again, we were talking last night. Geek made the point that, you know, if, if Lee had gotten the, the win she deserved against Macy Barber, would I feel differently? To me, it's no. Maybe some people would. But to me, this fight, it's one of those, because it's vet versus, you know, prospect again. I think Andrea Lee is the known quantity. I know what she is. And I think I know what Silva is, but this is what we're going to find out. The line is a little high. I'm a little. I'm not going to bet it. I'm a little uncomfortable with 9,400. But I'm going to mix her in because I don't think anybody wants a fucking piece of her. I will say plus 175 inside the distance. Um Lee's a fine cash game punt, even if I don't like her to win. Like, it's just 
I think it's I think it's fine. And I know that part of the conversation that that Monk and I were having last night, she doesn't need a lot to hit the optimal or to you know to pay off sixty eight hundred. And I would argue, yes, if she wins and scores eighty, that's good. But even if you if any combination of six fighters that you can fit score highly, and there are some dogs and volatile fights that could score a hundred, eighty might not be enough to get there. It pays off the price tag for cash, but in any combination, if you can fit any six fighters who score higher that Andrea Lee in under the 50,000 cap. I think that happens on this card. And I think Silva's got big upside. She's running through people. I, it wouldn't stun me if she runs through Andrea Lee. I think I probably like her more than most people. I think Monk, I'll let him give his full take. Obviously he can go last year is higher on Lee than most people. And we need a middle ground here. And unfortunately we have the worst fucking middle ground guy in the business. <laughs> oh, so, go ahead. Chris. No, no lukewarm takes here. I just I have to say that I find it so hilarious that this is the fight that you guys uh, are fighting about. Um, just because I didn't you necessarily know give it. MMA DraftKings nerds. This is right. That's what. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say initially I didn't give it a ton of thought, but um, not I, at least not as something as like, well, this one is really has to be studied. What I would say is that I take I take I which I guess would, would have been Monk's point. Which is if she scores, if she wins rather, she'll probably be on the optimal just because of how she fights. She uses her physicality a lot. She throws a lot of strikes. She'll probably end up getting takedowns and clinch control time and a lot of just volume strikes landed, even if they're not the most uh, significant kind of strikes. The reason why I don't like her so much is because I always think of her as somebody who should be better than she is as that high volume striker. Um, the kickboxer, the, the person who's big for the weight class. But she always seems out of range. She always seems to get outstruck. She always has trouble getting takedowns. She always seems to be the one getting taken down. I just feel like there's more to there's more of a letdown here than like my perception of her. My idealistic perception of her, I think, is a little bit a uh, little bit better than than hers is. I could see her getting pieced up on the feet here. She could drag this into a clinch war um, with her physicality, and I think that could pay a little bit, at least for cash, if she scores. Uh, but again, if she scores like eighty-five, that's really good at the at the price at the price point. So I can see it. Um, to be honest, I would probably be more uh, for GBB. I'd probably be more so on the side of Lee. But if you're just asking me who I like to win the fight, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Silva. Monk, why are we stupid? Uh, well, I I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, I'll I'll give you some credit, but uh, oh, Silva, come on, let it go. I I for GPPs, I I just think Lee, like you said, uh, the better cash punt for sure. And here is why: when she loses, she scored fifty four points almost against Barber, thirty eight and a half against Araujo, uh, seventy almost seventy one against Mataferi, forty three against Murphy, and fifty six almost against. Uh, Joanne Wood, nay Calderwood. So those numbers are ridiculous for losses. Absolutely insane. Uh, a lot of people don't have numbers like that in losses. So at 6,800, uh, I love her for a cash punt. And I don't mind some in GPPs as well, because I do think with uh, most wins, as long as it's not a 60 point win, um, I think she has a chance. I'm not saying she's guaranteed, but I think we, you know, it, it puts her closer to the optimal. My issue with Silva is, and while I do think she wins this fight, yet I also think Lee has a path to win here. Silva just does not score well. 
she is having a very hard time paying off this $9,400 salary. She put up 109 against Leonardo, but that was Victoria Leonardo. Only 85 against uh, Bleda as a debutante, and then, or when Bleda was making her debut, I should say. And then Double J, which ha- is a win that does age well, uh, she put up only 85 points. So I'm just worried about her score at 9,400. And I think I went down the list last night. Um, but you, do, other than Ian Gary, we'll preference it with that. I think I like most uh, DraftKings favorites more. I think they have more upside than uh, Natalia. Vera too? Huh? And Cheeto? And Cheeto, still. I still think Cheeto scores well, uh, better in a win than uh, than Silva does. So I just, I just, she's. If I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. Look, I like Natalia Silva. Happy to be wrong, and uh, put her, put her in my lineup next time. Sure, I'll take it all as as learning. I want to win too. You know what I mean. So if I make a mistake, I want to correct it. But until I see it, see the fact that I should correct it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with the huge dog here and not overpay on Natalia Silva. Shows are more fun when when we disagree in one or two spots. Otherwise, it'd be boring. Right? Yeah. I like it, too. Good point. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Good talk, guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Andre Petrovsky. You know, I should try try and pronounce things like Joe. I don't even know what he would say. Andrew Petrovsky taking on (laughs) Gregory Mearchart. Yeah. Uh, It's Andre Petrovsky versus Gerald Mearchart. Petrovsky's minus 225. Mearchart is plus 190. DraftKings salaries for this one. Petrovsky's 8,800, Mearshart 7,400. Petrovsky, one of my favorite plays on the board, but I also want to get over on the Mearshart side. It's one I think is going to get overlooked. I like this fight all around both sides. Petrovsky is running through people. He can grapple. He can hit. He can finish. Mearshart hands out vet lessons, and it would not surprise me at all if Petrovsky makes a mistake shooting and gets caught in the submission. But Petrovsky, to me, is better and is the pick. Chris, this seems like the kind of spot for your hot dog tail. Like just knowing you, your history, like this seems like a spot you'll take GM3. My my warning. Darn it. Darn it, you know me, Sean. You just know me. Um I I was I was going to start by saying I actually I actually call Petrovsky Petrovsky because I think about rounders and uh Matt Damon's uh professor. Pay that man his money. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. No. I, t- I take that point too, um, but I don't I don't think it has to be just sort of like a clumsy shot or something. I think it can also be a deep waters kind of thing, just because of that veteran presence. And uh, we saw him slow down a little bit, uh, Petrovsky. That is before he got that win over Michael Gilmore of all people. You can say that was his debut or et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, we've seen. Uh, I-, I love Gerald Mearshart because he's one of these guys where he just. He does, it doesn't matter what position he's in. He just always has that confidence that he's going to get the better position in time. And sometimes he's right and sometimes he's wrong. But I love watching him just flow with things. And it's going to be really interesting to see these two on the ground. If he doesn't get a quick finish, and we know that Mearshart can get chin-checked, we've seen it before, and not just from Hamzat, but from uh, Ian Heinish. And I think there was one other in there I may be forgetting. But... Um, I, I, I like Mearshart here to just sort of make this dirty. You put it perfectly, Sean, a vet lesson. Um, that's what I think that this can be. And if you're going to do anything with this fight in reference to Mearshart, in reference to betting, it just doesn't make sense not to take a, the betting prop, which I believe is upwards of 400, maybe 350. Um, that's the way he's going to win. 28 of his 35 wins by submission. If it happens, 
That's how it happens. They're going to be scrambling. It's going to be a mess. And I'm going to go ahead and see the dog come out on top. So I'm taking Meerschart. Textbook, Chris. Monk, who you got? Well, textbook, Monk, because I'm taking the guy that's performed almost outperformed almost every single other fighter in the entire UFC when it comes to DraftKings. Only Petrovsky, Evloev, and Volkanovsky have at least four fights in the UFC and have a 100% optimal rate. And if you filter out losses, because Volkanovsky made it when he lost, that leaves Mavzar and and, uh, and Petrovsky as the only two guys with 100% win and 100% optimal rate. So Petrovsky can become the first five-win five optimal since i've been tracking in 2021 uh guys scored almost four uh let's say 420 points in those four wins so averaging well over 100 i believe it's 105 almost ends up scoring 88 percent of all DraftKings points in his fights does andre petrosky i mean 57 percent takedown deep uh takedown accuracy at five and a half per 15 minutes 93 percent grappling time controlled almost six points a minute inside of the distance to less than half a point per minute and yeah he did have cardio questions coming in at the beginning of his career but in his first two fights when they are questioned he finished both of those fights in the third round so he was not completely dead he was not completely gassed out maybe he was gassed but he still had enough in there to get the job done and he's looked great ever since his beard is fucking immaculate so if you're picking against this guy i don't know what i don't know what to tell you how is this gonna look different than than the piper fight how is it? We saw this shit happen. We saw this shit happen like four months ago. Yeah, but I, don't, I love I think Petrosky at 80, 8,800. I mean, Natalia Silva, 600 more than this man. What are we doing here? Doesn't that, doesn't that feel like a trap to you, though? Doesn't that mean that your shirt's nope. going to win? Okay. All right. Nope. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> I have to address comments. And uh, Gianna saying Natalia better win. Sniper needs a new sports and a new camera. Listen. A little desk construction project going. My computer is disassembled behind me. This is the travel Mac I got for from DraftKings last year that I just slapped up and went, ah, you better podcast. So don't worry. We'll be back to normal next week. I didn't think the quality was that bad, though. It's not great, but I don't think it's terrible. Thoughts? What are we doing here? I, it looks pretty much the same to me. I don't know. I'm, but I'm not a real stickler. For Maybe in general, things. I need a new camera. I wouldn't totally disagree with that, but. All right, let's let's move on and let's talk uh, the tough finale fights. By the way, and, and I know I know at least one of you guys didn't watch tough. Chris, I don't know if you, if you watch tough. At least one of us. I, I know one didn't watch tough. We talked about it last week. I watched tough, and I don't. It actually bothers me. We didn't have time to talk about it last night because a podcast with geek already takes two hours. But I can mention it here. I don't like people hating on tough. I want to watch fights. If you people keep bitching about tough, they're gonna take it away, and I'm gonna be pissed. Thank I like God. I like I like Sean. Reality. Don't threaten me with a good time, Sean. I like reality TV. I like fights. What do you, What do you care? What do you fucking care? There's There's an extra fight a week. If you don't like all, all the extra reality shit, fine. But you, but you can watch the fight after. But even but, and this that, one was. I can watch a fight without Daniel. Daniel Cormier is fucking awful commentating the whole time. I can just sit and watch a fight. Yeah, Fantastic. if you don't mind them cutting to Connor every six seconds, then that's cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that is a little annoying, but but I do like watching him cry. So the first seven episodes were fantastic. Yeah, that's true. And this yeah. and this was and this was uniquely bad because first of all, the premise of the show made no sense. Obviously, the obviously the veterans are going to beat. 
the guys who were just coming in yeah. and 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 didn't couldn't do anything. That's yeah. number one. But, but, num- but, but number but it actually, it wasn't a terrible idea. I mean, it, I actually think it would have turned out different if the way they picked the teams wasn't psychotic. In that, <laughs> because uh, McGregor wanted his friend, his teammate, the young guy. Yeah, it, sh- it should have been half vets and half rookies and one and rookies of one team, and vice versa. And then you get guys in the gym, you get rookies learning from these vets. You, it was a recipe for disaster. I think the concept was okay, but as soon as it came out, and you went, and then you had all rookies with this far worse coach. McGregor wasn't a good coach first time on tough. Right, Tampa no, but. Coach. It was the worst possible scenario. The team of all rookies with with the far inferior coach was like, oh fuck. But that was the other thing. That was the other thing too. Is two fights in or three fights in, it became clear that they were never actually going to fight, and so I just lost interest. Like, what do I care at that point? I don't. It's not. It's not. What was the coach's challenge? Uh, Oh, they did. They did trivia in an ice bath. That was fun. Oh come see, they've fallen off, man. It was uh, Michael Didn't Chandler. Bisbing and what's his name? Like have to fucking grab a snake or something crazy. <laughs> something crazy. You know what I mean? Michael Chandler was in the ice bath for thirty seconds. Was shaking violently. It's pretty oh. funny. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess I, I guess we should move on. But don't don't hate on tough. I I enjoy watching him. There's plenty of room for tough and and, hey, and, the, hey, and, hey. and the oh and there is more fights. Let's talk Brad Katona. He's minus one seventy. Come back on Cody Gibson is plus one forty. Uh, DraftKings salaries for this fight. Katona is eighty five hundred. Gibson is seventy seven hundred. And to prove my point, Brad Katona, Timur Valiev was a semifinal fight. Go watch that fight if you have it. If you hate tough, I was telling uh, maybe Monk did finally, but that fight was fun. It was a bloody mess. It was close. It was back and forth. There was striking. There was grappling. It was a great UFC caliber fight because neither of those guys should have been cutting them fucking first place still still drives me crazy but to me that was the final both these guys are better better than cody gibson i think katona's a little better striker he's a little better grappler in terms of this slate i just don't know how well he scores like if he's your last guy in the cash game sure he feels really safe get 70 points I, I just don't see the upside cody gibson i don't know how he wins not much interest there monk who you got i completely agree this is the this is the boring agreeing fight uh i guess i favor katona at 85 i just i don't know how these guys are going to score and i'm not going to talk shit about tough on this one but i'm just going to say i didn't watch it so i only have stats from these guys first ufc stint and none of them are uh are very good so i guess i favor katona in this one i'll probably pick the dog in the next one but like you said um i don't know how he's going to score i mean over his two ufc wins it was just 78 i know we can't really use those stats because that's kind of stupid to go back that far for uh you know for a sample size especially when he's had fights since then in other organizations or in the tough house but uh yeah 85 like you said it's a good nice safe oh i have 8600 left oh let me put in katona or something you know what i mean because i don't want to play vera or something like that um but other than that yeah it's like a 20 percent fight across the board for these tough guys and i'll uh hope i don't get screwed too bad i guess <laughs> who you got chris um, for the reasons that you two mentioned, I am taking Gibson because I just think he's going to be. But the one thing I did see about Tough, because um, I saw I saw some of the fights, and a lot of them didn't last very long. But um, Gibson has just been super aggressive 
just really going out there, looking for takedowns, looking for submissions. And um, I like this. If it's a grappling match, I actually like it in favor of uh, Cody Gibson. His takedown defense is not great. I'm sure Monk would have the number better, but I think it's close. It's also close to that 50 barrier, maybe like 47%, 46. Um, I know that, uh, you know, that might not be completely fair, but, you know, because we don't know what Cody Gibson is going to do. Um, but, you know, I like him to just be aggressive. And um, in low-level fights like this, I and it's going to come up later too. In low-level fights like this uh, where I don't really know who to take, I'll th- I'm going to favor one, whoa, whoa, one wrestling and grappling. Even if you think Atona is the better grappler, I don't think you can argue he would be the more active grappler here. And I think that is important. And, and the second thing is um, – I'm going to and uh, wrestling and grappling and submission, uh, going for submissions. And I think all that's important. Um, Brad Katona, I'm not really interested in him trying to range kickbox and score whatever he scores 76, 77. You know, I'd rather take a shot on Cody Gibson, especially if I don't think anybody's going to be looking for him because I think most people, Sean, and cover your ears, but. I think most people are like me, a monk, and did not watch tough. So I don't. Oh, think I agree really, with you. I right no. So I don't think really they're going to be all too focused on this fight. I don't really think they're going to throw in uh, that much, especially not Gibson, because people might know Brad Katona. You know, they might know him for his first stint. They might know him for his first tough stint. They're not going to really know Cody Gibson, uh, whose first you know? stint was so, forever ago. Right. Forever. You know, I, I didn't even remember it. So. Uh, they're not going to remember him. I think he's going to be cheap, and I think he's got grappling upside. And in a fight like this, that's really enough for me. So I'm going. Uh, Cody Gibson. All right, we'll move on to what I to what I think we can all agree is probably the better of the tough finale fights. Austin Hubbard minus 180. Kurt Hollibaugh is plus 150. Uh, DraftKings salaries for this one. Hubbard is 8400. Hollibaugh is 7800. I'm on the Hubbard side for DraftKings just because I think because it because of the grappling, quite honestly. I think he's got this is one where it's more tools in the toolkit. I think striking is really close. Um I, I really I can't call the striking. I think it's a pick 'em fight, but I think Hubbard can mix in the grappling and the takedowns and have success there. Hubbard looked great and Hubbard, sorry. Hollabaugh looked fantastic in his win against Jason Knight to get in, in, into the finale, but it was Jason Knight who can't Strike well, he's got poor striking defense, and he ate that fight was fun because Jason Knight apparently just won't get knocked out for seven minutes unless you can hit him with everything. So it was fun to watch, but it was it's one of those Hollabaugh look good. But Hollabaugh also the problem with this fight is that I never know what Kurt Hollabaugh is going to show up to a fight. Like he looks, I, he's so hard to predict how he's going to look. He looked real sharp against Jason Knight, where he gave a lot of UFC guys a problem. He doesn't look like that every fight because he's had flashes before, and he even said it. Um, you know, when they're and, and if you if you watch tough, he's he's he said it when when he was like, yeah, if I could just do that every time, I'd be great. I just gotta keep doing it. I'm like, yeah, we all know that 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 was not like. And Hubbard is just a good all around pro. I think the grappling's a difference here. Close fight, but I'll I'll lean towards Hubbard, and because he's the one who's going to grapple, he's also the one. Even if you lean Hubbard. I mean, Halaba, I think Hubbard's got the higher DK ceiling, honestly. Chris, who you got? So I always have a soft spot for Kurt Halaba. 
because I remember on this show being very roundly mocked for picking him against Shane Burgos. Uh, first minute of that fight, Shane Burgos gets knocked down by a big Kurt Holliver right hand. I am celebrating. I think I am going to prove everybody wrong. And then he dives into the guard and gets submitted by a striker. Shane Burgos ain't, ain't fight until he gets knocked down. Well, no, that's true. But at the time, I think it was – It was, I don't think that version of, of Shane Burgos was here yet. Like he was still – he was still getting hit, but I don't think he was like the pincushion yet. So I think that was – that predated that a little bit. Um, all it is to say that I'm taking Holiday again. Sean, I obviously take your point because that was my point for the last fight, which is the grappling upside is – Yeah, I mean, here. you just said but, it. Yeah. But in this instance um, – I think there's an equalizer here, and I think it's the power of Holaba. Uh, I think it's going to play really well here, uh, especially since I, I mean, look, uh, Hubbard is the better boxer, but I think his footwork is kind of lacking, and he can get caught with shots. Um, and Holaba is a pretty crisp striker himself. You know, his hands are fast. He looks good. Like you said, you never know who's going to show up. I'd love to know what happened there well, with that face, but that was we'll that was a second. screw rolling across the desk, and I was debating whether or not to run to dive after it. I decided. Okay, to all right, sounds good. Um, Want to but know? yeah, it was your Chelsea so, Chandler impression and run after him. <laughs> yeah, slammed right, him right into the right into the right, wall. right into the wall. Yeah. What was that? Oh, Daddy was just doing Chelsea Chandler on a podcast. <laughs> But you know, you know what was great about that is she owned it, and how many fighters would do that? So I give her, I give her credit. Fighters are so in their ego, like who owns an embarrassing moment? Like nobody. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think I think the power plays up, and um, I don't think Hubbard. Like the problem with Hubbard for me is he's kind of like the jack of all trades kind of guy, and like even though he's got grappling upside, I wouldn't expect him to go out there and like stick to a grappling game plan like a committed grappler. I don't really think that's him. I don't think he's going to go out there and like shoot, you know, six, seven, eight times in a fight. I think he's going to mix the boxing and the wrestling, which can do fine. But I think he's also going to give Holaba an opportunity to find his shots. And I think Holaba is going to be the one pressuring. If I was Justine Kish, I'd only wear brown shorts and I'd walk around eating bananas. <laughs> that would be, that would be so, that would be so brown funny. Shorts. That's all I would wear. That would be so funny. But she won't do it. And I she it. won't do it. She refuses to do it. <laughs> yeah. What's what's a, I mean, what's the matter with well, honestly? I'm a sick I'm I'm sure she could go online and sell shit stained underwear for a lot of money. Well I was gonna well I was gonna I mean, say the reason why the reason why she shouldn't do it is because there's so many creeps out there who would be like, you know, whatever. I, you know, she would get a whole new fan base, but whatever. And I'm not that guy, <laughs> I'm just a businessman. I, I'm not I a businessman. I'm a businessman. A businessman, and <laughs> and that business is gross. Okay. Um, Did you go in this fight, Monk? You think you're up? No, I'll, I'll make it quick though. I, uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning Holabod just because of the power. I mean, I have no reason, really, reason. Uh, somebody said his takedown defense was poor, and it is. Forty three percent. In his UFC career, 2.75 takedowns allowed per 15 minutes. I believe it was Chris mentioned his uh, rather, you know, decent run of fighters that the UFC made him fight in. Uh, in uh, who was it? 
I was going to say Moicano. I know that's not right. I guess I have to look now. It was uh, Hani, Hani, thank you, Marcelos, Shane Burgos, and uh, Tiago and... Moises. Which, uh, yeah. yeah, that's one hell of a run of guys, dude. After yeah, your fight was Steven yeah. Seiler like 10 years ago, so. Yeah, I mean, he's putting up better points per minute in those fights. But those, again, those, these are the only stats I have to go on, and they're like five years old. So I guess I'm going to pick the dog and, here, but I really don't. It could go either way. I th I'm thinking a Hubbard decision doesn't score well, and maybe Hollabaugh yeah. has the power to get it done. But You know what? Let's, let's pivot here to a fight that Monk should love talking about. Love. Gregory Rodriguez is minus 370. Dennis Tululin. Ah. Is plus two sixty five. Rodriguez, oh, the DraftKings salaries in this one. Rodriguez ninety five hundred. Tululinen is sixty seven hundred. Tons of points. Monk, take it away. Yeah, well, I think you're alluding to uh, the salary numbers. Where sixty seven hundred dollars salary guys since twenty twenty one has a four percent win rate. It has two wins overall. I don't remember. I think one of them was uh, uh, fuck. Uh, who fought Barry? Mike Jackson got DQ'd onto the optimal lineup, and I can't yeah, remember the yeah. other one. Uh, not important. Rodriguez has a ton of really good numbers, guys, like seven points a minute inside the distance, allowing less than two. Highest ceiling on the card, but a lot of that has to do with the 141 points he put up against the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, a few fights ago. 71% grappling control, 100% takedown defense, 2.3 takedowns for 15 minutes. I love this guy has grappling prowess i mean he does and he should use it against the wild striker uh you know relatively low volume but somewhat powerful dennis Tolulin. he's no Derek lewis out there swinging for the you know he's not he's not scary power like that but he could hit you and 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 do something if rodriguez has been dropped before in a few fights that's all i'm saying um I just, Tallulah's one win over Jamie Pickett. I am not interested in that. I'm hoping Rodriguez comes out here, gets it done early, hopefully with grappling. That would be the smart thing to do. Just take this dude down and finish the fight. That's it. 9,500, I think, could pay itself off this week, and I'll be fading the 6,700. I don't see anything appealing. If, if Tallulah beats me and makes the optimal lineup, then I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? I'll take it. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm, I've, I've long since come to terms with the fact that uh, RoboCop is not going to grapple as much as I want him to. It's not going to happen. Um, it, it really is a shame because when he when he does get into grappling exchanges, everything looks so pretty and nice, and he takes the back, and it's like, how did he get there? But it, it doesn't even matter because he, he just doesn't do it. And I actually think this fight can go on a little bit longer than um, most people think as a consequence. Like, I know... Uh, Gregory has been dropped, and I know that Tallulah is a big swinger, but I also know that generally Robocop is, has a very good chin. He has been dropped before, but he gets in his wars, and I think this fight could at least like get into the second round. You know, that wouldn't shock me. And if that happens, um, I just don't know how well Robocop scores if he doesn't grapple. Uh, my pick is Robocop, is Gregory Rodriguez. But, uh, you know, I can't really trust him to score a lot of points unless it's a quick knockout, which it may not be. So, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to fade it because we got two big powerhouses who can score if they, if they land. But uh, maybe, maybe a little bit off of this fight more so than, uh, than the rest of the field. That, that sounds like a hot take to me. That's spicy, sir. 
And uh, Rodriguez does have two second round wins, 108 points, 119 against Park. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's true. It's wild. Making sure I'm not, is, yeah. I'm, I'm, not up, I'm not up to the main card yet, am I? I miss. I think I'm, I feel like I'm missing uh, the title. No, Tavares Weidman is the prelim main event. Yeah, yeah. All right, so oh, yeah, we can't, we, we can't, we can't miss that. I don't, I don't want to talk about this fight like <laughs> at all. I really can just skip it next. Chris, uh, Brad Tavares. Minus two sixty, Chris Weidman plus two hundred five. Uh, salaries for this fight: Tavares is nine thousand, Weidman is seventy two hundred. Why do I not want to talk about it? I'm a Long Island guy. Chris Weidman's my boy, but he was already looking. He's still my boy. I was, he was waiting, already, dude. <laughs> he was already looking regress before that horrible leg break. He's back, and now I get to watch him fight a guy who's not regressing and is going to bring a war to him. I I don't. Unless Weidman can get a takedown against a guy with pretty good takedown defense, I, I don't know how he wins this fight. I just and that's sad. It's just and he, he keeps saying, and I believe him. The first oh, thing he's going to do is throw, is throw a leg kick, and I'm like, oh. mother, like, dude, dude, why? Like when you make that, if you were to just go out and do it, you'd be like, okay, yeah, confidence is building. But he's been saying it so much. I'm like, you're just you're speaking leg break number two into existence. It's coming, and that's 125 points for Tavares. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I want some of Tavares to set a principle. I can't play a regressed guy coming off a, a severe injury and a long layoff, and that makes me sad because it's Chris Weidman. Monk, who you got? Yeah, and if anything like that happens in this fight, both fighters should retire immediately to end whatever the fuck curse this the curse, is. Like, yeah. We've clearly built the apex on top of some sort of burial ground and, or something. I We've upset somebody. and Because just, just even just Weidman being involved in both of these is completely insane. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to take any more time on, on this one. Um, if Weidman can land takedowns against a guy, like you said, with 81% takedown accuracy, then sure. But he's 39 years old. Tavares not regressing. My only thing is Tavares does not score well. Only one finish, uh, actually two finishes in the UFC. Um, but he does not score well. 71 points per win on average across 14 wins. Uh, yeah, this has decision, hopefully, if as long as Weidman you know, stays, stays Weidman, uh, this will go to decision and Tavares won't score very many points. I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a whole a whole day late, but but um, Geek was was trying to tell us that yeah, but what is his takedown defense really that good? I he thought about this on the way home yeah, today. He he, he he got taken down by um, shoe face. He got taken. And I'm sitting there and I'm going one of yeah, twelve. But he but he stopped seven takedowns from Drikus Duplessis, who Doesn't just matter. wrestled prison fuck Bobby Knuckles, huh? That's I, I don't know why they didn't pop in my head last night. What Duplessis did to Tavares, couldn't do to Tavares, he did to Robert Whitaker. Now that the same level of fighter, but takedown defense, Bobby Knuckles is up there. Like I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. Chris, you got. So the only case I'll make here is that I think Chris Weidman is probably more durable than people think he is. Leg break notwithstanding, of course. Um, if you look at is if you look at his fights at middleweight and, and his finishes. What do you have? You have um, the um, Jacare Souza punch to the top of the head in round three of what was a war in that fight. You he was getting beat up the, that whole, He gassed hard though. I was right. Right. No. I'm just. Him. I'm. I'm only making a case for durability. Yeah. Um, 
So we have that. You have a, the flying knee from Yo Romero who knocks out and that knocks out anybody. You have the knee from Gegard Mousasi who who knows if he could have continued to fight or not, but it was a huge gash in his head and bleeding. And I think that fight probably would have been stopped anyway, even if he said he would have continued. The other one is Dominic Reyes at light heavyweight. So that doesn't count. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say, and, and then, oh, and then also there's that terrible Omari Akhmedov fight, but that doesn't really tell us anything except um, that I'd never want to see That he's it regressed. Again. That, that Chris but, Weidman, the former middleweight champion of the world, can't beat Omari Akhmedov. That's what it tells oh, me. Well, I mean, he did beat him, but... Yeah. Um. I, well, I no. I actually, I actually, I actually agree. But uh, all, all I'm trying to say is uh, make a durability case, which is to say that that, in combined with what Monk just gave you about the non-finishes, where it's like I think a lot of people are just going to jump on Tavares here because they're like Weidman is just washed and he's coming back from this and that and the other thing, and now he has this. But even before the leg break, he had this. Um, reputation of being like chinny and, and knockout happy and I don't think he had it and now the leg break so I think everybody's gonna be all over Tavares I'm going I was gonna say dog or pass but I can't pick Weidman so I'm just gonna I'm gonna just probably pass it um full stop I might have a couple of Weidman just because you know he's big what if what if he gets a takedown but um this fight is not very interesting to me for that reason the pick has got to be Tavares just because you know Chris Weidman 2023, all that stuff. But um, not one of my favorite fights, uh, for sure, to target. Yeah, super. Last thing, super quick. Tavares' average ownership in, since 2021 is 11%. His highest ownership is 14. And now it's going to be like 25 or 30. Right. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah. All right. Before we get to the main card, we got to take a quick break for the podcast platforms. Okay, that's good. I don't know how long to pause. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, hey, that's good. Hey, hey Rotowire editor is cutting this up. Let me keep doing that. Start paying me. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I you're, you're talking. You're talking. You're talking to the Rotowire editor cutting it up, my friend. Oh, really? I, I, making you do I have it? no I'm money. Have... I'm not pausing for shit. <laughs> I'm not pausing anymore. Go, dude, if I have to do timestamps, timestamps for my own podcast, make a little note before we go in between fights, and fucking cut it there. Will waste 10 seconds of my life, and now I gotta yell at you, so I've wasted 45 seconds of my life. Uh, well, we all I have our crosses to bear there, Sean. Just having, just having fun before we get to Marlon Vera, who's minus 195. Come back on Pedro Munoz is plus 160. DraftKings salaries for this one. Well, I can't find that. There we go. Vera is 8,600. And Pedro Munoz is is seventy six hundred. I am. Um, this is a spot. I finally. I don't know if I've taken a dog yet. Going in this order, I got a couple. I got I got one more coming, but I'm. I do like the dog in this one. To me, I went through a whole diatribe last night. I think that Pedro Munoz is consistently undervalued with how good he is, and Chito Vera is now consistently overvalued with how good he is. Yeah, he's fun. But the personality in the UFC, like he's good. I think they're both top 10-ish guys. I don't think Vera should be challenging for a title. I don't think he will. I don't think Munoz is going to be there. That being said, by the way, that eye poke doesn't happen at International Fight Week two years ago. And the main event here is not happening. 
Pedro Munoz was going to beat Sean O'Malley. I was there. Sean O'Malley was can say whatever he wants. He was not winning that fight, and he thought he was, which was going to make it hilarious. Like he he was going to be one of those where he looks around. What happened? I lost by twenty nine twenty eight or whatever it was. Like he was not going to win that fight. But you know, we get the eye poke, talk shit, and here we are. Um, I think Munoz Vera is a slow starter, and now it's a three round fight instead of five. That's not good. You're going to give away a round. Munoz is deceptively good in terms of just kind of the only thing that kind of worries me, it could look a little bit like the Vera uh, was it Rob Fon he beat or Dan Ige. I get the two confused so often. Um, who was the five round fight? Was that Fon that he kept? He uh, Vera was Ooh, yeah, Chino? Like, yeah, he put up, yeah, yeah, Fon was um. Oh yeah, because because Ige is a forty-five. I don't know why Font Ige in my mind always, um, but Font was winning all the minutes, and then Vera would have the bigger moments. That could happen here, where Munoz wins the minutes, and Vera probably has a little bit more power and lands something. But I think Munoz is more well-rounded. I think he's more likely to win minutes. I think a seventy-six hundred and his and his line in general, his betting line of what was it plus one forty-ish? What I say, whatever it was, plus one sixty. I think there's value on Pedro Munoz. I think he's undervalued here. Really good fighter. Close fight, but give me the dog here. Monk, who you got? I still favor Cheeto Vera, but I think this is the best cash game play on the entire card, and it's for both of these guys' floors, and that's the point I'm going to make in this show. Uh, Pedro Munoz lost to Dominic Cruz, scored 41. Lost to Jose Aldo, scored 30. Lost to Frankie Edgar, scored 66. Uh, let's see, took a loss to John Dodson, scored 35. So very good numbers in losses there. And then Cheeto Vera lost to Corey Sandhagen, put up 90 points. That was a five-rounder. Uh, let's see, lost to Jose Aldo. So both guys dropping fights to Aldo, scored exactly the same amount of points, basically, in 30. Uh, lost to Song Yudong, 45. Lost to Douglas Silva de Andrade, 45. And lost all the way back in the day to the first time against Davey Grant, 62. So these guys are putting up hella good scores, and I'm sorry I just used that verbiage. I don't know what happened in my brain just now, but these guys are putting up fantastic scores when they lose. Yeah, exactly. They're uh, apparently I'm from Southern California all of a sudden. Um, But they each score like 95 to 100, 90 to 100 per win. So I think this is a great cash spot. These salaries are very good. People think of these as mid-range salaries, which they are. But this week, this is the what? Fourth fourth highest uh, or fourth lowest favorite salary on the card because there's no $8,200 salary. Both guys easy to get to. Both perform very well. I think the winner scores a decent amount of points for their salary, and I think the loser scores very well also in a three-round decision. So I love this fight for cash. I still favor Vera a bit. I like – I'll have some of them in GPPs, but for mostly for me, this is a cash a cash fight. All right, I'm doing it, Chris. Bring up the comment. I'm addressing this troll because I got something to say here. Hey, PMN2, two, PMN.209 says, none of you look like you've ever picked up a dumbbell. <laughs> Why should people listen to your breakdowns on fighting? One, yeah, watch the sport a long time. Two, I know I don't look like it anymore. And dad, dad life is a thing. Former triathlete. Did BJJ for a while before some injuries. Plenty of experience there. More, but if you don't want to throw all that away, I don't care if you've never lifted a weight. If you you can understand fighting without lifting, I'm in plenty good shape. That doesn't even matter though. 
It really doesn't. And if you don't believe me, I've been doing this a long ass time. Username on DraftKings, Cactus Jack 2, no spaces, no anything. Send me a head to head for whatever you fucking want, buddy. Oh my God. Speaking of, you can't talk about how people look if you have a P for a profile. Like, where's your picture, dog? I'm getting send W9s from from fucking DraftKings every, or, you know, all that shit from DraftKings every year. I get my tax forms every year. And I want to just say, I want to just say, you're a dumbbell, so oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I I go hard. I go hard in the paint with something I thought was actually entertaining, legit, <laughs> open head to head, and you drop that motherfucking shit. Well, I oh, needed to bring us back on. because I did because I didn't I didn't want you to challenge him to a street beefs fight in the, <laughs> in the next. Uh, it, DFS streets. Send me a head to head for whatever you want, beefs. guys. I'll see and you in the DFS streets. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 move on. Let's talk about Mario Batista is minus two fifteen. Demon Blackshear plus one seventy. Blackshear just fought seven days ago. Takes this fight on short notice. Nice little payday for him. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Batista ninety one hundred. Blackshear seventy one hundred. Look, I I honestly think the line is so wide because it's short notice and 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 the the quick turnaround here. I think. I think it should be a pick em fight, quite honestly. Maybe Batista, a small favorite. I think the line is too wide. Blackshear's takedown defense does need to hold up here, but it looked fine against Jose Johnson. The grappling looked pretty okay. I get Jose Johnson last week is not Mario Batista. He's the bigger prospect. But I kind of think we're going to get prospect checked here on, on Batista. Uh, I do like both sides of the fight in terms of GPPs. If Batista wins, it's probably a big score. I think when you get the short notice type of fights, you get like the um, – Justin Jane syndrome a lot where they're just going to come out and fucking swing and let's see what happens. And Blackshear's getting, you know, the UFC, I don't think it's going to hold a loss against him. Gets one fight off his contract to fight for that big deal. You know, the way these guys make money is you get through your deal, you get re-signed. That's why, you know, Wonderboy Thompson is getting $200,000 to show because he's been through so many contracts. Has big wiener energy. BWE. I I don't, thank you. I do give up big dick energy. Go ahead. I mean, I want that guy to send me a head-to-head. Easy money. I love making money on DraftKings. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think the fight, Blackshear is probably one of my favorite dogs in the card. I think there's plenty of upside on Batiste as well. Give me grappling. Give me short notice. Should be a fun one. Let's go to the guy who has the real big dick energy. I'll just keep talking. No, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I win. Yes. Uh, no, I, I actually, it's funny because I've been on the Blackshear train for a little while now. Um, I was in uh, the fight before the last one. I was in the fight against Jose Johnson. Um, but I actually think uh, a different uh, prospect is going to get checked here. And I think it's Blackishier. I actually like Blackishier's prospects long term. I just not right now for Batista. I kind of see Batista as a, a slightly better version of Blackishier at this point in their careers. And I think Blackishier is going to be faster. I like um, that he mixes in his kicks a lot better. And I think the grappling is going to be better too. So I just think um, Blackishier is just going to be a step behind here in pretty much every facet. Um, I actually like this fight for Batista quite a bit. Um, the short notice, you can say, okay, he didn't expend a lot of energy. I mean, he still cut weight. He still went through everything. Now he's coming back. So um, we're going to have to see what that does to him. I'm actually a big Mario Batista fan. I have been 
ever since I picked him uh, to beat Corey Santake, and that didn't age very well. But Mario Batista himself did, and I'm happy about that. And uh, he's starting to come to his own, and I'm going to go ahead and pick Mario Batista to win here. Monk, who you got? Yeah, I think the price is too wide here. Honestly, this was a late salaried fight from DraftKings. I think it came in Wednesday. Um, so I didn't even know salaries when I did my show on uh, Wednesday night, but I thought it would be 87 and 75, especially after that twister. I just figured Blackshear would get more uh, credit, maybe narrow the line. But 91 and 71 seems a bit wide here, uh, especially in I like Mario Batista as well. But his his last five is Guido Canetti, who is like 57 years old, Benito Lopez, Brian Kelleher, Jay Perrin and uh, the loss to Trevin Jones. I'm not saying Blackshear has anybody on his resume that's anywhere, you know, good. It's Jose Johnson, Luan Lacerda, uh, one of the Bash brothers, and Farid Basharat. So uh, that is definitely someone I'm interested in. But I just favor Blackshear here, man. He he, he looks. Mighty Ducks reference now. Let's go all around. No way. I went to the ninety. I went to the Oakland A's. Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, baby. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Uh, you can use the reference for whatever fits. It's fine. It's, it's uh, you know, we're all inclusive here. Um, whatever reference trips your mind. So, uh, yeah, I just like Blackshear. I think it's too wide. He made weight just fine at 135. Um, we've had I, – I don't – I can't name them off the top of my head other than Hamzat, but we've questioned guys. But, oh, he's coming in. He just fought. Now he's got to cut weight again. And blah. Sometimes it affects – but I just remember it not having too much of an effect in, in recent memory. Somebody can tell me in the comments – uh, a case that did happen, but Blackshear's upside is huge. 80 points, bonus points per win, I should say. Both wins over 100, 14x average value, and now he's 7,100. This is a perfect opportunity for another 14x. So I like the upside of Blackshear. I have nothing against Batista. I just think he's too expensive this week. Let's talk about somebody I do have something against. And I, and Monk, you got to listen to this again. Ian Gary, minus 500, taking on Neil Magny at plus 375. Gary's 9,600. Magny is 6,600. Hey, uh, Ian Gary, fuck you. And not even the Connor wannabe shit, which drives me crazy. Most people are crazy. What really rubs me the wrong way is the video we saw of him getting the phone call that Jeff Neal pulled out of the fight. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. He's a bitch. His friends, whoever in the video is saying, oh, his pussy hurts. Jeff Neal's dealing with brain bleeds and shit and is a tough motherfucker who's been around a, a, a longer than, than you. So shut the fuck up. Nothing drives me that drove me insane, that, that, that reaction video. Like, absolutely insane. I won't even go into, go into the other shit he said in, in, in the press conference because I don't have it. I saw it. I know it irritated me. But that's the, the the Jeff Neal one is what's top of mind. He's he's trying too too hard to be Connor and just shut up. Unfortunately, I do think he's gonna he's gonna beat Neil Neil Magny. He fights long. I don't think he's gonna get caught in the Neil Magny clinch game that a lot of other prospects do. I think I posted on Twitter last night. I can't wait for Shavkat Rachmanov to tune this motherfucker up. And then I was reminded. I guess Dan um, maybe. Um, Chimed in and said, I think they're training partners. My dreams were kind of just shattered. I went, oh, that's who I wanted to fuck this guy up. But I'm not too worried about Ian Gary ever being champion as long as Shavkat Rachmanov is around because he's he just doesn't beat him. There's no way. So Ian Gary, if you or anybody in your team is watching this, go fuck yourself. Uh, DraftKings-wise, don't think he's a solid play. Um, too expensive. Sure, he's got some upside. 9,600 is bananas. The kind of guy that that PMN two hundred nine is going to roster. Just 
just not smart. Chris, who you got? Man, you know, I am glad that we started a little later tonight because this is Sean after dark. It really is um, the, the I, best. I love going. Then. I love going. And people, like, I've done this on other shows. And people are like, oh, the trolls really get under your skin. I'm like, no, fuck him. I don't give a shit. It doesn't really. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go lay down and think about this guy. But while I'm here, I might as well roast him because I got a microphone. It's like yeah, heckling exactly. a stand-up comedian. It's heckling a stand-up comedian. Who has the fucking microphone? That's right. What's gonna well, happen? This fight is funny because I think we have diametrically opposed reactions on like all of it because I don't like I, Neil Magny very much at all after his comments at the press conference that I think people will get what I'm referring to. And then yeah, uh, the whole thing is not great. And then, um, but I do think like, I think this is a test that a prospect has to pass. And I think 6,600 is too, way too light for this because he's never, fa- he's guaranteed. He's never faced anybody like this before. Who's just going to, give you this annoying fight where he's going to be all over you all the time and you have to deal with it for three rounds. And he's, he's tough as hell, even going back to that, the days where Hector Lombard beat the crap out of him for two rounds and he somehow came back and won the fight. He's one of the toughest guys in the UFC uh, to put away. And that was a great fight. That was fun. Yeah, it really was. Um, Fight probably should have been stopped and he should have lost it, but um, didn't happen. And he came back and won it. But uh, so, like, and if Ian Gary can't put him down and he, he does work his way in there, then I think he's going to struggle. I don't I don't think he's ever seen anything like this before. And I'm willing to roster 6,600 to find it out. It, this is a prospect test. And you're probably not going to get one with a veteran like this who can still, who can still win. Like, I was looking at uh, Magny's resume. It's mostly stronger grapplers who beat him. It was Gilbert Burns. It was Michael Chiesa. It was uh, somebody before that, too. It was a strong grabber. Uh, it was RDA a few years ago. The only real striker who beat him in the last six, seven years was Santiago de Pondonibio, and that was 2018. So he doesn't get knocked out. He only really loses to stronger grapplers. I think that makes this way more interesting than 6,600. So I got to take Magni, even though I hate him presently. But I have to take him. Okay, you got. Yeah, it's I, 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 I want to take Magny. I really do for all the reasons uh, that you said. But uh, yeah, both guys kind of, both guys need a PR person. We'll just say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ian Gary's far too expensive at ninety six hundred. He's averaging ninety six per win. He did put up good scores against Rodriguez and Williams, but then he put up sixty two against Weeks. Uh, so what are you know? He's not very consistent, and that's the issue here. Uh, the other thing I'll say, only a 64% takedown defense, which isn't bottom of the barrel by any means, but it's not great either. Uh, and Magni, 41% accuracy for takedowns, 2.3 takedowns per 15 minutes. So I definitely think there's upside uh, for Magni, even in a loss, a three-round decision loss. I think he could score pretty damn well for 6,600. Um, I don't know how much I'll have of him, but I think you made a pretty decent case as to why you should put a little bit of him in your lineups and not fade him. Uh, I, I could see myself having much more Magni than Dennis Tallulah, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Ian Gary at 9,600, I just – that that's too much, man. I don't think he's going to finish – if he finishes Magni in the first minute or in the first round, sure, I'll reassess. But until that happens, I'm just – I I I don't I don't think the upside's there in this matchup. And you're right, Magny does get he has been finished. Not, uh, let's see, I don't even know seven times in the UFC, 
Five of them were subs. So Gary, obviously not a submission guy. Uh, Magny has been finished twice by KOTKO, but that's twice in like 30 UFC fights. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about the co-main event. Whaley Zhang, minus 310. Amanda Lemos, plus 260. Yeah, King's line for this fight. Whaley Zhang is 9,200. Lemos is 7,000. And not just because we're pressing the hour mark and I want to go quick. I actually think this is a pretty simple fight to break down. Whaley Zhang is better everywhere but but amanda lemos has crazy power for 115 pounds can she land something maybe but john's got plenty of power too she's the better grappler she's you know they're the same size i know we all think of lemos is huge because of that andrage fight because she fought a midget um you know but it's Zhang is just better i think she, you can i guess you could stack this in cash i personally would prefer stacking the main event in cash or a no stack is I think I don't think you need to stack it all this week, but I'd prefer the main if you're going to stack one. I think Lemos is kind of a, just a GPP shot, and Whaley Zhang is better everywhere. Um, one of my favorite plays in the card is Zhang. Monk, who you got? I agree. Uh, Zhang Whaley for cash for GPPs. One of my favorite spots at 9,200. There's a few fighters. I mean, more than more than a few, maybe four, three, four, five that are more expensive than her. So I love the price point. She's better everywhere. Six points a minute inside the distance. Second highest ceiling on the on the card. Best floor on the entire card as well. Um, and yeah, I think she's better everywhere. She's got great paths to victory that all score very well. And as she scores historically, uh, four of her seven wins over 100. Amanda Lemos, you said it. At 7K, she's got power. If something goes wrong for Zhang Weili, then uh, I will have some of uh, Lemos in my lineups for that reason, but not in cash. Uh, uh, Zhang is the cash play for me uh, that I'll have in almost 100% of my cash lineups. Uh, but yeah, Lemos, more of a GPP play, but I think it's Zhang all the way. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I don't. I actually don't think this is all that interesting. I saw... Some people trying to make a Lemos case, but aside from the power, I don't really know what you can say. Um, you know, she's very square, very Muay, Muay Thai-y kind of style. So the, those takedowns are going to come pretty easy, I think. Um, Zhang Weili, very strong. Uh, you know, for, for all the time she can barrel in, um, she's only been knocked out once, and that was the that was the Rosehead kick. And it was, it's like 28 fights, I believe, in her MMA career at this point. Um, so... She doesn't get knocked out. Um, she's very durable. And I just, I'm not going to bet on the big moment here. I don't think this is one of those fights where it's like round winner or big moment haver. And I'm going with the round winner. Not that uh, Zhang Weili can't hit hard and, and, and put her down. She can. I also think she's going to be faster. She's going to be more agile. I, I just think all around this is kind of a, a bad matchup for Lemos. So, I, I really expect um, I really expect uh, Zhang to steamroll here, and I like her quite a bit as well. Andre. Main event time: Aljamain Sterling minus two sixty five. Come back on Sugar Sean O'Malley's about plus two hundred five. DraftKings line for this fight: salaries, I should say. Sterling is eighty nine hundred. O'Malley is seventy three hundred. <laughs> um, and people love to hate on Aljamain Sterling. The dude's good. Sorry, he just he just is. Like, yeah, he, like he took down Henry Cejudo multiple times. Say what you want about how close the fight was. Henry Cejudo is no joke. Um, and that's a problem here. Sean O'Malley was getting wrestle-fucked by Piotr Jan despite multiple, multiple, multiple fence grabs and fouls. He still was getting taken down a lot and won a controversial decision. 
Sterling is the better grappler. I think we know that. O'Malley needs to either catch a submission. He's done the, the flow grappling tournaments and that shit. He can he could get a submission. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But he's not dead to it. Was not the craziest outcome in the world is catching a guillotine. Sure, but really it's it's the O'Malley finish. Either really early, a la Marlon Marais and and Aljamain Sterling catching him coming in, or maybe Sterling gasses out again because he goes hard like he did in the in the first Yon fight. But I'm kind of feel like I'm pulling at straws for reasons to pick um, O'Malley. Sterling wants to win this fight desperately because he wants to go up and get an immediate shot at Alexander Volkanovsky. Like, like immediate. <laughs> that comment's I, funny. You know, you know, sure. It is. I. <laughs> yeah, not going to flash that one up, but well played, sir. Um, yeah. I was thinking about it for a second, but I'm just going to leave it. So, yeah. So I feel like I'm pulling, I'm just grasping at straws for reasons to pick O'Malley. Sterling wins, wants to go fight Volkanovsky. That is a big money fight. It sets up Marab. Um, it's probably, I don't know. Who does Marab, it say Sterling vacates. It's, it's probably Marab, Marab Cejudo. He definitely wants Marab to fight Cejudo. God, Marab's fucking kill Cejudo. Yeah, that, <laughs> oh my god, it's not even—that's not even interesting at this point. Well, yeah, no, no, it's probably no. It's probably actually. I take it back. It's probably. Do we get? Do we get Marab Sandhagen? Is that is that the fight? Um, I don't yeah, know. maybe. I mean, I don't know who's going to beat Marab because 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 you have to. You have to. I'm just thinking about who Marab would fight. It would be a Sterling would be off of a loss. Cejudo <laughs> would be off of a loss. And and O'Malley obviously would be off of a loss. I think it's Sandhagen. Well, Corey Sandhagen is a huge Aljamain Sterling fan. You could also argue if the fight's close and O'Malley loses and Sterling vacates that O'Malley is still the number one contender. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and they love doing they love doing that too. If you lose a you lose a fight, no matter how bad you lose it, you're still the number one contender. As long as your name is Holly Holm, you're in. Uh, so yeah, I'm all about Aljamain Sterling. Chris, who you got? Yeah, me too. Um, you can talk about like the the, the flash chaos. I mean, I, I think the sub thing. I think you're underselling that. I think that would be crazy if that happened. I, I don't. You no, know, it's not. Like, O'Malley it's not like O'Malley has never Sterling. grappled though. It's not. It's not yeah, like, but but not but not in this context like this, and not against somebody like Aljamain Sterling like this. But that's fair. I mean, I get it, but. It would be surprising, I, but it wouldn't be. I'd be. I'm. I would still be more surprised that Juliana Pena once beat Amanda Nunes. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, it's still more one surprising. Of the most, yeah, but um, I think this is going to be um, uh, Aljo Backpack City. You can't get six out of twelve takedowns from Peter Yawn. Oh, held down five thirty-three. That's over a third of a. That's almost over a third of a fifteen-minute fight. And that's not your best control grappler. Um, your best control grappler is the one who did that to Peter Jan, uh, more convincingly. So I I can't pick Sterling. He can get a quick knockout, but otherwise he's just gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get the grapple mugging that we all have wanted him to get. It's it's all since he's been here, it's always been like, oh, wait till he faces a wrestler. Wait till he faces a wrestler, and it's never happened, and now it's happening. So if Actually, you hate all, all I really want is another uh, was a, a Liz Frank injury, and then I just want him to lose by not being able to stand up. Thanks, Andre. Oh right, well, yeah, no, you know what? The the person who, who wrestled him the most before Jan was Andre Sukumta at the at the exact moment he shouldn't have. So that <laughs> is right. stand up, stand up, Andre. Yeah. 
What do you mean I'm what? He's like, what do you mean I'm winning? Look, he's on the floor. I'm going to beat him. So what if he can't stand? Yeah. Jesus. Monk, who you got? Okay. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I know I was going to say something else about Sukumta, which nobody needs to hear anyway. So you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on from that train of thought. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it was Tyga who once said, Pack City, bitch, backpack city, bitch. And that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I know you like, you, I know I saved that just for you all week long. Uh, so yeah, it's, oh, it's going to be backpack city for O'Malley. What What's the difference here? Well, I don't understand. Like, uh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll have some O'Malley roster just because it is O'Malley and he has a fight altering style and he has great striking and, and great angles that he makes for himself. And he knows exactly what he wants to do in there. Um, and I actually really do like the guy a lot, actually. I think he's a very uh, cerebral fighter for the most part. And um, I think he's always look to get, looking to get his game going. The problem is Sterling, I think, is just has a better game. And uh, it's going to be difficult for O'Malley to face that, to be honest. So uh, also, yeah, like you said, last five, Sterling against an Olympic wrestler in Cejudo. Dillashaw, Peter Yan twice, who was supposed to fight for the title. Um, or, you know, who's supposed to be the next uh, champion, you know what I mean? Uh, Corey Sandhagen win, and that's aged very well. Meanwhile, O'Malley's fighting. Yes, he did fight Jan. Holly and Paiva, Chris Moutinho, and Thomas yeah. Almeida. So with a probable loss to Pedro Munoz in there if he doesn't poke him in the eye. So, yeah, I'm loving Sterling here. I love the salary. GPP cash, it doesn't matter. Play him. Uh, O'Malley's fine for GPP too, but I prefer Sterling in a five-round fight because he scores fantastically. Yeah, I, I believe you know to to wrap up what I think of of Sean O'Malley dropping the Tiger reference. I believe believe it was Lil Wayne who said, "I got ten bathrooms I could shit all day." <laughs> I don't know how that applies. I, I got a good story. I got a good story relating to to that that lyric that stuck in my head for a different time. Uh, all right, guys, hot takes, guys in in the chat. If you got any hot takes? Drop them in. We will read a few out as long as your name is not ridiculous. Yeah, can I go ahead now? Because technically, you know, he's contributing to the show. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. First hot take. Okay, sure, sure. boy. Yeah. Dill Smacker. O'Malley sleeps sleeps Aljo and Chris Wyman begins his title run. Uh, The first one is way more possible, way more likely than the second. And that's coming from a big Chris Wyman fan, an even bigger Ray Longo fan. I just want Wyman to make it to round two so I can listen to Ray Longo fucking scream at him. Yeah, I can't wait I to hear him in Aljo's corner too. Oh, it's oh, gonna be great. I love Ray Longo. Same, same. Um, Chris, you got a hot take queued up? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say either whatever one whatever one you guys like better. I'm gonna say Robocop to Lulin over the two point five, or I'll say um, Mere Sharp by submission. Ooh, go with Rodriguez to Lulin over two point five. Agreed. That seems okay. It seems sure. that seems spicy, my friend. Um, hot take. Uh, Demond Blackshear scores. What did he score last week, Monk? You have it. I think it was one fourteen. I do have it. Uh, if Demond I Blackshear could... scores over hundred and ten points for a second straight week. He scored. It scores oh, over wow. over one ten for second straight week. Optimal. I again. love that. It it, it would. Oh, a second straight week. You mean? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say it's third straight fight, but second straight week. Second straight week, back to back weeks. Right. That'd be huge. Uh, I totally forgot about this, but I see one that uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'd love to take. 
And that's going to be uh, Neil Magny by split decision over Ian Machado <laughs> Gary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's so good. You can watch Mach- I would, I, I would follow Gary on Twitter. <laughs> I don't, but I follow him just to watch him. Fun. I just don't like and whatever it, he does with his little hand and his little. Uh, I fucking yeah. hate that shit, dude. I hate and, it. And, and it would and it would be one of those ridiculous split decisions where one of the cards is is Ian Gary 30, 27 and the other one goes the other way. It would be so good. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I, oh, I, I he's was, raising his hand, crazy. making the face, and then they call Neil Magny's name. Fuck yeah. It'd be fantastic. Fantastic. All right, that's what we got for this week. Guys, like this video. Subscribe to the channel, Rotowire MMA. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at SniperWins. Monk over there, Monk MMA Addicts. Monk Maddicks, like Monk, Monk Magician. Mathematics. Monk Maddicks. <laughs> and Chris, whose Twitter name keeps changing ridiculously fast. I, what, what is it well, now, that, Chris? What do we have? Well, Chris, Chris is not else? Chris is not my Twitter name. It's still at the only as one. But it's my still name at the is only as one. It keeps changing. It's like Christopian. Yeah. It's I don't can't, can't keep it straight. <laughs> Christopian is is the handle name, but it's um, okay. Well, you gotta clean that shit up. Go <laughs> and go and follow Chris as well. But more importantly, subscribe to the channel. Find all of our work. In all the fun places. Good luck in your contest. Hopefully the hot takes hit. Enjoy UFC 292. We'll see you next time on Fight IQ. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>